I guess first things first, guy. Maybe we just need a refresher on uh, uh, how it is that, again, um, through the business rescue process, Takatso was able to acquire 51% stake in SAA versus where we find Mango now being delayed by a potential buyout. Yeah, you know, I think that's an excellent question, and there aren't any clear answers to it because, quite frankly, Puzzle Gordon seems to be playing an extremely opaque, uh, non transparent game, both with the SAA and the Takatsa Consortium and with Manga. But to put a little history into your, into your question, uh, the you know, SAA was forced into business rescue. Um, or put into business rescue by the Department of Public Enterprises at the beginning of COVID. Um, and, um, and at the time, um, Pavan Gordon promised that it would be privatized. In other words, at least sold off to a strategic equity partner, a majority shareholding, 51%. And we were all, myself specifically, were quite skeptical that they would find a suitable buyer, somebody who actually wanted to buy into a bankrupt airline that it had suffered years of interference from government. But hold them below, uh, they did. They came up with this Takata Consortium deal, and everyone heaved a sigh of relief and thought that it would be quite good. But my view on it now is that the government has changed their mind, and it's just not saying so. They're putting endless obstacles in front of the Takata Consortium deal. The first part of the obstacle was to get rid of the actual airline talent that was in the deal, specifically in the form of Gidon Novik and Global Airways, mm. who were absolutely key to the deal in bringing much-needed airline expertise to the, to the consortium. Uh, and the Competition Commission said that they needed to stay out and then went to the Competition Tribunal, and eventually the deal was approved. But you know what? Every, they're doing everything one step at a time, which doesn't sound such a bad thing. But the reality is that they should be doing all these things concurrently, not consecutively. They should be doing all the different steps that have to be done, like getting the SAA Act of Parliament redone to allow a private sector owner to allow... They should be getting the Air Services Licensing Council licenses and the Aircraft Operator Certificate from the the Civil Aviation Authority Mm -hmm. redone. But they're not. They just wait one step at a time. So we're already nearly three years down the line and haven't really made any significant progress. That's why I'm skeptical about Calvin Gordon and I'm particularly skeptical when it comes to Manga. Mm, and let's evaluate and deepen, uh, broaden the perspective on that particular area of concern that you raised because from what I understand, will it be such a bad thing if Mango does compete with SAA uh, or does it still serve the strategic interests of SAA to have Mango under, uh, I guess, some kind of partnership and non-compete agreement? Well, I don't think they can have a non-compete agreement because um, we do have a commitment to open skies or liberalisation which is what has made air travel so cost-effective in this country. If you remember, before COVID, you could buy tickets to Cape Town from Joburg for literally sort of 500 rand or thereabouts. And it's, and I mean, and ticket prices are still very cheap, far cheaper than they were, than they would be in a protected environment where airlines weren't compete, were allowed to compete with SAA. And it's been extremely good for our tourism sector, for hotels, uh, for travellers coming to South Africa that we've had such good ticket prices. Um, and my view is that, honestly, the more competition, the better. 
I know that um, um, the staff there, amongst others, are, are saying, mm, well, already the market is now oversupplied with seats. But, you know, that's just the free market working. Um, we, and there's still really a shortage yes. of good free market carriers. Mm. We, we, we used to have four of them. We used to have Fly South Air. We used to have Comair, Kalula. We used to have British Airways. 100%. Uh, and, you know, and now we've really only got Fly South Air and there are much smaller uh, lift airlines operating with a low-cost carrier service. I'm glad you mentioned that a lot of myself and my colleagues have actually been moaning the fact that we actually don't have a lot of options when it comes to airlines. And uh, you see it and witness it in the pricing, uh, especially where they peak weekends where uh, certain cities might attract a significant number of visitors. This past weekend, it was Durban. A few weeks ago, it was Cape Town because of the budget speech in Sona and mining in Daba. But you also highlight something so important, Guy, which I think we should cast our eyes on, which is just evaluating the competitiveness, the sustainability as well of our aviation space in South Africa. Are we finding that there are particular nuances that certain airlines are taking, um, which is maintaining their level of success and sustainability? Um, well, sustainability is a tricky word. Yeah. You know, in, a, in, a, in a free market environment, airlines will cut their costs to ensure that they are sustainable. Um, obviously, it didn't work so well for Comair because they've been hooked into extremely expensive deals to buy those Boeing Maxes, and that was one of the reasons they failed. But the fact of the matter is that the private sector has proven far more successful um, in being sustainable than the public sector has. Look at, for instance, Airlink compared to SA Express. SA Express lost money steadily and then eventually collapsed. Airlink has gone on from strength to strength and is absolutely one of the biggest airlines in Africa at this stage. So um, I'm not too worried about sustainability. Yes, it would be nice to get more seats into the market. But um, the, the airlines have been making a lot of good money in the post-COVID years. And um, honestly, there's space for more competition. Mm, definitely always space for competition. I guess tying it back to what we do see with Mango, three weeks ago we thought that the sale would go ahead. Now we understand that there might be issues of contention. Uh, what options uh, could we explore? And I ask this because uh, the headline on News24 uh, puts this as irreversible and final, which is the business rescue practitioner saying that the airline will be liquidated if Cordon does uh, win a bid to halt the sale. Um, could this be the final nail in the yeah. coffin? I, you know, I understand the problem, but uh, it's 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 strange. You know, we've got this buyer in waiting in the wings, as it were, Ubuntu Air Services, who's, who've offered a, a notional price of 326 million rand for the airline. Um, I can't imagine what they what value they see in it, other than a couple of operating licenses, because it doesn't have any staff left, it doesn't have any aircraft left. Its licenses have all been suspended. Quite frankly, if I wanted to start, an, uh, if I wanted a low-cost, uh, no-frills airline, I'd start my own rather than take over Mango's history and debt and, and responsibilities. But there you have it. Ubuntu Air Services is linked to a, a travel operation. Maybe they have got a plan for it. And, uh, and it's a great tragedy that um, Bevan Gordon is being just so obdurate, so, so stubborn in refusing to let the, the sale go ahead for reasons we can only guess at. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that his sole reason is because he's trying to protect SAA. SAA's future mm-hmm. is in long-haul operations, not trying to compete against low-cost carriers on the, on the, on the, on the domestic routes.
Mm. I, 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 I can imagine that if Pravin Gordon had to you, hear you use the word stubborn, uh, he might have a different res- response to that. But maybe also help us understand the contextualization, uh, the context, I guess, behind um, how the DPE should work. Because ultimately, uh, no individual should have the final say to the future of Mango Airlines. One would assume that this is a clear representation of government and government's interests are wide with various opinions that are shared to it, right? Yes, so you, you've got to remember, but, but the, the fact of the matter is that the, there are very, very few governments left in the world that still think they can run an airline. Mm. And it's particularly crazy that, that the South African government, which has proven itself to run, uh, unable to run far simpler businesses, whether it be ESCOM, whether it be Transnet, or, or any of the number of other state-owned enterprises that have battled so badly, thinks that they can run an airline, which is an extremely difficult business to run. Airlines run on papers and margins and are incredibly capital and skills intensive. Mm. And those are, 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 are abilities that the government doesn't necessarily have at all. So it's, a, it's crazy to think that the government thinks it can run airlines. Quite frankly, it should let Manga be sold off to the private sector and there's no good reason for it not to. 100%. I'll tell you what, Guy, we'll leave it there for today, but truly appreciate your time. I guess we just have to wait and see what the outcomes are and uh, follow through with the deliberations from there, right? Absolutely. 100%. Truly appreciate your time as always, Guy, and giving us a clear perspective on the, the challenges and the dynamics of this particular story. Thank you again for your time. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.